Hello and welcome to the Mongols Podcast. This is Janusz Janic, also known as Samyz Morgenstern, with Robin. Hi. Also known as Miss Juby. Hi. <laughs> and uh, this is Jay Burke. Hi, I'm Jay Burke. <laughs> Good to hear from him again. Recently established non-existent. <laughs> yes, Jay Burke does not exist. Indeed, he does not. But anyways, uh, this is episode three of the Mongols podcast, Sorry. and today is called "Honey, I Left the Empire to the Kids," and they kind of ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we've been building up towards this entire time. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> <laughs> So we've been kind of hinting at the fact that. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh gosh, there's a. Sorry, that's my uncle. <laughs> we'll get back to him shortly. <laughs> so, anyways, so my. So, anyways, so we left. So back where we left Genghis, um, he's dying, and he kind of left the empire to the kids. Dun, dun, dun. Specifically, uh, he really should have done the Ottoman Sultan thing to do and just killed all the other heirs once the, once the oldest takes power. Oh, jeez, now that's just metal, dude. Too much. What do you mean that's too much? There's and nothing. The Ottoman Empire much. lasted a thousand, practically a thousand years. Yep, be right back. And is this the Zonkis? Excuse me for interrupting. Yeah, so Megatata. Megatata must be shield. Okay, okay. All right. Awesome. Sorry, just talking to my uncle back there, and now I'm back. So, anyways, so Genghis died from falling off of his horse, and, well, now. And now they have to, go, and now everybody's crying, and now they have to go to all the trouble of splitting up the empire and burying him. Now, one of the other things here is that actually Marco Polo describes supposedly how Genghis Khan was buried. I'm sorry, you keep cutting out. Oh, really? Keep sorry. Out for me, sorry. All right. So, anyway, so I think it's my connection. Ah. Okay. Connection you, you, do, you do not have the rainbow connection. You just have the connection. Oh, dearie, that's complicated. <laughs> but anyways, so, uh, Marco Polo's description of Genghis Khan's burial is super-duper weird. So basically, the gist of it is that, uh, is, is that there's this giant funeral profession, uh, procession with, uh, with Genghis's body on a, uh, uh, on a cart or something, and they take it to the super-secret spot where nobody's supposed to know anything about it. And anything that comes across the caravan, whether it's a person or a rabbit, is shot dead. And when they finally reach their burial spot, which also apparently includes Genghis's wives, and um, everybody there is shot dead, then the executioners are also shot dead and buried with the Khan. <laughs> yeah, um... Keep in mind... The executions of the executioners. <laughs> Indeed. But anyways, but keep in mind, this is a very suggestive story and one of the really questionable ones from Marco Polo, which is saying a lot considering our last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, a lot. Because, like, it all... Like, he doesn't actually cite where he got this. It's 
sounds totally like he made it up if you actually read Il Milione, The Trials of Marco Polo. So, there you go. It's probably not true because the logistics of that are just hella weird because who executes the executioners, obviously. <laughs> and also just burying people alive just sounds weird. Yeah. Now, e either way, either way, the point is we haven't found Genghis's body like ever. That's kind of what happens pretty often to great conquerors. Their bodies just disappear. No, seriously. <laughs> just disappear. Poor Alexander. <laughs> oh, right. That stupid earthquake. Or was it the Christians? Don't know. <laughs> probably the Christians. <laughs> She's not wrong. Not even going to lie. Yeah, no, probably the Christians. <sighs> Sorry for any Christian listeners if we have any. Do we have any listeners yet? I actually don't know. Oh. It's possible that I got it's possible that I got my YouTube subscriber onto it because I did upload like two trailers to the podcast. Yeah. One for each episode, obviously, but anyways let's uh, not existing cannot promote the show. <laughs> yeah, big move. But anyways, so I listen to it. <laughs> but anyways, so back to the show. Uh, so we're going to uh, currently split the empire in about four ways, as of it is oh, right that now. Never goes badly. <laughs> so the never. northern portion goes to Batu Khan. He is the son of Jochi, Genghis's eldest. Bakugan? No, 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 Batu Khan. I know. <laughs> I used to watch that show. It's hella weird. <laughs> Don't ask. That was a weird face. It was a guilty pleasure. <laughs> I don't even know what Bakugan is. You don't want to know. I still own them in my grandparents' basement downstairs. No. <laughs> you don't want to know. I don't want to know. So, anyway. Some things are best left destroyed. <laughs> Agreed. But not that. <laughs> also, so, so Batu takes control of... Uh, the uh, uh, some of the northwestern parts that includes like Russia and stuff, basically known as the Khanate of the Golden Horde. Ah, uh, those bastards. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then the next portion of the empire is a very small part of Central Asia, just north of just north of Tibet, and that's known as the Chagatai Khanate, of course, named after Chagatai, the son, the second son of Genghis, who gets that as compensation for not getting the Khanate, the whole the whole kid in caboodle. Then uh, the third portion is technically uh, Western Mongolia and whatever the heck is left of China, which is given to Ogade, the third uh, the third son of Genghis Khan, and that's supposed to be like basically like his official territory. Although he is the great Khan, so therefore everybody says yes to him. Keep in mind that's going to be important Why? later. The Holy Roman Empire says yes to him. <laughs> I gotta keep just drawing comparisons to the Holy Roman Empire. Shots fired. <laughs> if, if I don't make at least nine of the Holy Roman Empire references in, a, in an episode, I will die. Here, let me start. I, do you have a piece of paper so I can like write down how many Holy um, Roman Empire references there are? <laughs> Holy crap, um, give me a hot second on that. I might just have one. <laughs> Holy crap, an empire. <laughs> the empire's a mess. <laughs> Holy crap, uh, not, uh, not holy. It's not Roman. Oh Certainly God. not an empire. Okay, so We're we totally quoting Voltaire. We have one... Oh, Voltaire. <laughs> one Holy Roman Empire. 
Okay. Uh, no, we got two. two I, refer I referenced the collapse of uh, Charlemagne's empire earlier. Oh, okay. Well, then, okay, so we got two. All right. So, anyways, so story goes, and the home pastor, specifically, like, Eastern Mongolia, goes to Ptolemy, who happens to be Genghis's youngest son. But Did you that, say Ptolemy? Uh, Ptolemy. Like, Seriously, like, it's T-O-L-U-I. It's a really weird spelling. I'm probably butchering the heck out of it because Mongolian. So, anyways, so this... So, but there's another part of this. Jengis uh, has other wives not named Borte. Not surprising. He's also probably raped a bunch of girls. As usual. And he actually left... Um, two sub, uh, two uh, step tribes he subjugated to his uh, to like two of his wives, and he also left another two uh, two tribes to like two of his daughters. He has like a bajillion daughters and sons, but this is mainly coming from like Borte's line. So that's the way we're gonna keep it that way, because the other kids don't matter. Because they're all of us. <laughs> this is true. When you have so much sex, that's 0.5% of Asia is related to you. Ah, <laughs> uh, Chengus. But anyways, if you're wondering how well this empire is going to get managed, it's not going to be managed, if you're wondering. The kids are all going to fight. As kids do. So, anyways, the first kid besides Joji to have officially uh, died is actually the youngest, Holui, which is really weird because he's the youngest, and he's supposed to be like taking care of his parents in their old age. Of course, his parents are dead, but you get the idea. Yeah. And well, that's mainly because well, I forgot to mention this one part about the four sons of Genghis Khan. They're all raging alcoholics. Uh. Well, okay, so you see, you can't be a kid of, of, of Jake's Khan without, like, having some issues. Apparently, that's the case. All things considering, I'm not surprised. And Ptolemy, in particular, is an especially big drunkard. He actually wanders out of his tent in about 1232, this is about five years after Genghis officially kicks the bucket and just dies. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. If you're wondering, this is not going well at all. We just lost the second son. And the, the second, we just lost another son. So, this is just going to get worse as time goes on. Oof. And, um, so there, so, audience, you know how I told you guys that Ogude was kind of semi-smooth and negotiating and was going to not betray everybody? Well, he kind of did. Oh, gee, how could I, how could anyone have ever seen this coming? <laughs> yeah. So he, so he kind of tries to, so one of the first things he does is he notices that his brother Tolui has died, and he's thinking, I might want to snag that bit of territory, like, officially, but apparently Tolui has a badass like Nesor Kokhtani and four sons, so that's basically hands off the merchandise. Oh, good day. This is mommy's territory. And keep in mind Sor Kokhtani, because she's going to be super important later. Because she's going to sort of save the empire? 
Not exactly. It's kind of weird. I'll explain later. The Mongolians were sipping that uh, respect women juice sometimes. <laughs> not all the time, but sometimes. Oh, we're not respecting women anymore now. <laughs> like, seriously. So, like, remember those queens and daughters that Genghis also left things to? Yeah, so they technically inherited that because, well, because, well, Genghis, A, gave the land to his two queens and also married off his daughters to whoever he set up in charge of those tribes that he subjugated. So, they're sort of in charge, but it's kind of behind the scenes and they're technically supposed to be securing the trade routes known as the Silk Roads, which we kind of mentioned last podcast, obviously. And Ogode decided to devastate all four women's territory. They're all basically dead by the time he's gone, and he's basically taken over whatever they have. Well, he's a little bitch. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) How dare. I'm offended. So, but there is a bit of a bright side. Chagatai, who is the current high judge, is not dead. He's also not assassinated. Nothing bad actually happens to him. We stand. So, he's alive, but, and Batu Khan is also doing extremely well. He's not getting conquered or poisoned or anything, but because his daddy's birth is extremely questionable, he can't actually have any part of the empire beyond what he already has. So, he's just like, I'm going to expand upon that, and he actually goes off to invade Europe. Oh, yeah, so he... So, if you're wondering how badly Russia's messed up in the middle of winter, um, you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, gosh. So, Russia got hella messed up in the winter by the Mongols. It doesn't matter that your ruling class is Vikings, Russia. Your guys got your asses handed to you. And killed. And now you guys are all paying tribute to the Khan down south. And also one of the other things that's really cool is that the Mongols actually changed how Russia functioned. So before that, Russia was a bunch of principalities known as the Kievan Rus. And that meant that they were in Kiev, which is the capital of modern-day Ukraine. But the Mongols blew up Kiev so hard that basically the Russians all moved up north to get the heck away from the Mongols. (laughs) Of course, the Mongols are still shitty neighbors and asking them to pay tribute, but you get the idea. Yeah. So anyway, so Russia's hella messed up, and now Batu obviously doesn't think that this is enough, <laughs> and, he, and so he decides that a march on Poland is a good idea, which it is, by the way. It's like it's like it's like it's like World War Two, but like in the other direction. I know, right? <laughs> like seriously, Poland has one major problem throughout history, and that's neighbors. Oh. They always want to partition Poland or raid it for some reason. I don't know why. Poor Poland. Uh, Catherine, 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 Catherine the Great. <laughs> That? Great to everyone but the Polish. <laughs> this is this is true. I feel so well, bad for that. and to her husband and the serfs. And to literally almost everyone, actually. Ocean man. <laughs> We're not referencing that song. Anyway, so the serfs. So it reminded me of sorry, this ADHD brain. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. So, so the story goes that Poland gets absolutely wrecked by the Mongols. Like, basically, the Mongols take it apart for funsies. 
and the Poles are just screaming and calling for all sorts of help. They're calling the Hungarians. They're calling the Teutonic the, the Knights, which they super hate. They're just basically calling everyone. The Mongols are at the gates, and we're screaming for our lives. <laughs> and most of the help arrives, minus like the Hungarians, or at least a, a giant Hungarian army. By the way, the the Poles actually make a stand, but they get their asses handed to them. So Poland finally says, "I give up." All right, Batu, I'm paying tribute. Just don't kill me. All right, Poland, I'll leave you alive because I've got other problems. Did you notice that Hungary didn't agree to pay tribute and also sent its army to help you? Yeah, what is up with that? You know what I'm doing today? You're pillaging Hungary, aren't you? Yup. Fun. So Hungary's probably um, shitting a brick and thinking, <laughs> the Mongols are coming, the Mongols are coming, I need help. Germany, are you helping? No, says Germany. <laughs> because it's the Holy Roman Empire, and the Holy Roman Empire isn't actually functional. <laughs> no surprise there. No surprise. You put, uh, no, never mind. I was about to say, you put holy before anything and it doesn't function. Like, have you actually sprayed a demon with holy water? They just kind of look at you like, really? <laughs> That's the yeah. message you got. <laughs> That's happened to me before. You've been also, hit you get really wet, and that's not fun. Yeah, I've also... I got hit in the eye with holy water. It didn't do anything. <laughs> that's the last time I go to church. Okay. So, anyway, so the story goes that Hungary gets pillaged a lot. And the Hungary are, and Hungarians are screaming. They're screaming for help, which is not coming at all. So they, so the Hungarians finally um, saddle up whatever soldiers they have, and they ride off to fight the Mongols, which is basically the equivalent of suicide. So they meet up with the Mongols at the Battle of Mohi, which basically turns out to be a giant ass massacre for the <laughs> for the Hungarians. They don't. They don't do anything. They basically just get hella massacred and forced into a wagon circle, and they're like, "We fucked up bad." <laughs> um, Batu, can we pay tribute now? And Batu's like, "All right." And in the meantime, the king of Hungary, Bela the Fourth, he's running off, and he agreed to pay tribute. So it's all cool down there. And also in the meantime, mother, the. the the Austrians uh, agreed to sort of help. Sort of help is the key word because the reality is that they're just pillaging the heck out of Hungary. <laughs> yeah, as usual, Hungary has a neighbor problem, just like Poland sometimes. It's kind of weird. Most of the old Soviet bloc states had those that historically had neighbor problems. <laughs> this is true. This is true. And this is why we don't like communism, kid. I'm just kidding. No, don't do communism. It killed everyone I know. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but anyways, so the so anyways, so the Austrians are kind of pillaging Hungary, and Bela finally manages to gather up what's left of his army and manages to try off the Austrians, but he's like, to the Mongols, we're not doing anything with you, we're just kicking out Austria. Ooh, Austria, is that somebody else I should pillage? I mean, like, I wouldn't mind if you pillaged Austria, just saying, just don't kill any more of my people, okay? That's fine, says Batu. Oh, wait, um, excuse me, Hungary, I'm in the middle of something, I just got a letter from home. Um, Batu, 
Yes, it's your Uncle Chagatai. Um... Oh good, they just suddenly died! What? <laughs> Wait, my uncle died? Yeah, he kind of died of drunkenness. So just like Uncle Tolui. Yep. Okay, so... What's going on? Well, we need to decide who's the next con, so... Could you come on home? Alright, so... Yep. Okay, so, bad news, Hungry. I need to go home and decide who the next con is. Okay, I have no idea how the heck that works, but I'll still totally pay tribute to you. But, so, Batu Khan rushes off to figure out what who's getting elected Khan. And, surprise, surprise, it's not Chagatai, it's not, it's not Batu. It's actually not anyone we know currently. Oh, so some random fool just walks in there like, Hi, I'd like to be con, and they're all like, You can you, you con beat the con. You can beat the con. Not exactly. That strategy, several pope, more than one pope has been elected that way. <laughs> Too many. But anyway, so the story goes that um, Okude wasn't a complete dumbass and actually had a kid. This kid's name is Guyuk, I think. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation again, but either way, his name is Guyuk Khan, and... Well, if you're wondering, nobody likes this kid, but that's okay, he hates the world anyway. Because... The first thing he does in... But, but he's not exactly in charge, he kind of has an overbearing stepmom. Or mom, I think. Definitely mom, actually, now that I think about it. So there's an overbearing mom that basically goes as regent. And also somewhere in the middle of this, Chagatai goes and dies. And he leaves the Empire to his wife, who actually isn't a complete idiot, and actually manages the Chagatai economy semi-well. Long enough for at least his kids to inherit it, so that's that's actually kind of good. Yeah. Chagatai just seems to be the luckiest kid out of Genghis' um, um, bloodline. It's That's actually awesome. Now the, now the luckiest is the one right now who's like a... It's like a, 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 what's it called? Radio operator. <laughs> like Memphis, I think. Ah, mm, uh, whatever. So, anyways. Texas. <laughs> Somewhere. I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what Jay Rick just said, but I'm okay. Like, Jake is cons alive in Texas. <laughs> well, the last direct descendant of Genghis Khan is currently living in, like, Austin and is a radio operator. What? <laughs> That's just weird. Okay. It's a long, complicated series of running from the Soviet Union to the U.S. to now. Don't do communism, kids. Don't do communism. <laughs> this is true. But anyways, so the story goes that, well, Guyu Khan is about as trustworthy as his dad, which means he is not to be trusted at all, if you're wondering. So as soon as his mom dies in about 1246, he officially takes over the empire as Great Khan. And... Well, let's just say he's not nice at all. He actually conducts a giant purge, killing basically everyone he doesn't like. And what's the point of a purge otherwise if you don't kill people you don't like? Yeah, so... <laughs> I know. World War II from the whole other side. 
I know, right? But anyway, so the story goes that everybody's noticed that people are disappearing and Gluk is not a nice guy at all. So we need to get rid of him like yesterday. Wait, actually, I forgot something. Actually, Chakatai is not completely dead. <laughs> I actually <Yeah>. forgot. <laughs> Resurrects the... the, the he actually didn't die. <laughs> but anyways, he's going to die very soon, so he doesn't have much left in him. Is he? Is he gonna die really soon? Yes. <laughs> he's, he's going to die. Please kill him. But he's actually nice. But anyway, so the story goes that he and Batu are getting into conspiracy because nobody likes Guyuk, and we need to get rid of him, like, now. And... There's um, actually an extra five parties in this in this conspiracy. I like parties. And those specific five parties are remember that Sorkuk Tani gal and her four kids that I left behind when Tolui died? Yeah, they're kind of back. Well, okay, they never actually went away, but they've been just kind of staying behind the scenes and uh, scenes and biding their time. And waiting for the right person. So Chagatai doesn't. So Chagatai doesn't want to run the empire. That's meant to honor his dad's wishes. Batu basically agrees that he's probably not legitimate enough for the job. So basically, it's up to Sorkukai and the kids to rescue whatever the heck is left of the empire. And keep in mind, the empire is really stupid big by now. So like, they've got all of Persia and everything. Actually, on a side note, um, Genghis actually had to uh, cut open a. <laughs> actually, had a bit of a problem with uh, Shah. With the last Shah's kid, his name is uh, Jalal Al Din, and basically, apparently, this kid was kind of smart and actually managed to defeat the Mongols in like twelve twenty something, which is really surprising. Because keep in mind, like, Jal Din basically spent his entire reign on the back foot. And nobody expected him to actually do anything notable, but surprise, surprise, he actually beat the Mongols once. Keep in mind, that's not going to last at all, if you're wondering. Yeah. So the Mongols are like, it's payback time. And Jal Din's allies basically all ran away, and basically, the, the Shah's kid is like, I guess I'll die! <laughs> and he, it's like that old man <laughs> and he dies <laughs> with, with basically like zero effort on the cons part so there you go that's basically that's what happened to Persia also um the Jin dynasty of China is technically um officially finally dead it got KO'd in 1234 by Ogode as he was campaigning so good on him one of the few good things he did, I guess, depending on who you're looking at, but whatever. But anyway, so back to the conspiracy. So they finally, they finally kill. So eventually the, but so, the, but the conspiracy doesn't actually kill Guyuk. That's actually, I think, left to uh, Guyuk's wife. Yeah, apparently. So, anyways, so Gryuk is hella dead, hella assassinated. We're thinking it's his wife. His wife tries to manage the empire. That doesn't last because Sorkoktani is like, but I was promised the empire when I got into this conspiracy. So, needless to say, she outmaneuvers Gryuk's wife, gets her killed, and 
takes over the empire. And the year is about 1250-ish, so that's where I'm giving you the official timeline. And officially we have um, one of her very well-educated sons, specifically her eldest, Monka, taking over the empire. So he's really awesome. We're going to call him Mr. Lawyer because he loves that stuff. He's basically all well-versed in the Yasa that we, that we discussed last podcast. So... It all looks really good right now at the moment. Except, well, the conspiracy kind of broke up as soon as Guyu kind of got assassinated. Kind of. Not, not, not totally got assassinated. Kind of got assassinated. Well, either way, the conspiracy's broken up. Guyu's dead, and now nobody is wants to actually say yes to the Khan. I did sort of say yes to Monka, but it's kind of everybody's ignoring him. So say yes to the drafts and say yes to the Khan. So, <laughs> uh, but anyways, while Monka is doing that and my stabilizing the empire, he also decides that he needs to conquer up the rest of China. So keep in mind, we've been mostly dealing with northern China at this point, so now we're basically dealing with the south, which is ruled by the Southern Song Dynasty, which is actually a native Chinese dynasty. The last two that we were confronting were from, like, Manchuria or Tibet or something. But anyway, so they... So the Song are down there, and they actually even helped out the Mongols in conquering the Jin Dynasty. And now they are actually kind of surprised that the Mongols are raiding like crazy. And they realize, wait, where did our tribute payments go? Actually, we didn't pay them. So that's why. <laughs> and oh dear and also actually a lot of tribute payments have cut out um, Poland's not paying and neither is Hungary but don't worry about that Batu's not doing an Empire Strikes Back <laughs> but so he's mostly just ruling up in Russia and crushing rebellions. He's kind of just doing fine. I actually don't know what happened to him. I'm going to need to look that up eventually. That's the one part of the show, man. I know, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe he died but didn't die, but he died but he didn't. Well, whatever. Chagata is actually dead this time. We checked. Maybe. <laughs> no, no, no. He's actually dead. We don't know where he's buried, but he's totally dead. And his wife is running the Empire... And eventually it's going to be left to their kids. And it's actually going to last for a short little while. He's his wife. And he's a vampire. <laughs> what the frick? <laughs> <laughs> he's not dead. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> but anyways, so Monka is conquering China. And he also has three other brothers. They're going to become important later. Actually, they're so important, but whatever. So, like, his first brother is Kublai. He's super duper important. Then there's his brother, Arik Boke, and then his younger brother, Hulegu. Right, Hulegu is actually older than Arik Boke. Whoops, he's mixed that up. Then his point is that so far the Mongol Empire is sort of back to order. Sort of is the key word, obviously. And Hulegu gets permission from the gets permission from Monka to actually take the take take part of the army somewhere else, specifically Iraq, because um, there's somebody. It's not a boulder. It's Iraq. 
Oh my, it's also not a weapon of mass destruction. Oh, we're getting 2000s topical. Ah, indeed. But anyways, back to the point. What a time skip. But anyways, back to the point. So, Hulegu and, and Monk have checked the tribute list, and there's specifically one somebody who hasn't been paying, and that's the Abbasid Caliph. Oh, those bastards. Yeah, so the Abbasid Caliph is basically what the equivalent of uh, Sunni Islam, is basically the Pope for Sunni Islam, so he's kind Except of important. not the Papal States, but actually cool. Not yeah. the Papal States? <laughs> People? Papal. 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 That's ruled by the Pope. Oh. Yeah. Still a thing. Still a thing. Sort of. It's called the Vatican now. PayPal. Okay, I'm, okay, so I'm a couple decades out of date. Can't keep up with everything. <laughs> Indeed. Anyways, so the story goes that basically the Abbasid Caliph has been missing his tribute payments, and now it's time to visit destruction upon him. And the Caliph believes in the strength of the walls of Baghdad. Considering the Mongols' success with siege warfare, he shouldn't be. <laughs> so, Hulegu is a bit of a nice guy, and he gives the offer to Baghdad to surrender. Baghdad just shoots a hail of arrows and says, shut it. <laughs> <laughs> and Hulegu's like, okay, kill time it is! <laughs> so for, like, the next two weeks, he besieges, he actually besieges the, the city of Baghdad, and then he takes it and burns it to the ground and basically kills everyone. I guess you could say he got that in the bag. <laughs> you don't want to acknowledge that. What? I'm not even going to acknowledge that. <laughs> Maybe it's the best that you did. True. But anyways, Baghdad gets sacked. Everybody's dead, except for, like, the artisans. And the artisans and uh, bureaucrats are actually taken to into Hulegu's employment. And the ca and the caliph, who, and the caliph, well, um, he's not surviving this. Hulegu's like, I'm so done with you. In fact, I am so done with you that I'm going to lock you in this room full of gold and starve you to death because you should have spent this gold on your freaking walls and armies. Oh, that's... Instead of, you know, hoarding it. That's petty and symbolic, and I love it. He starves to death, if you're wondering. <laughs> or there's another version of this story, which is hella brutal. Where yep. he doesn't die, but we think he did, but he doesn't, but we think he did, but he did. He's totally dead, if you're wondering. But anyways, he's... Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he's what's his face is wife. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> the Caleb is totally going to die, but this is hella brutal, so ready your puke bags. The Caleb actually gets rolled up in a carpet and then gets trampled on by Hulegu's cavalry. Feel free to puke. Anybody here. That's a lot better than starving to death in a room full of gold. Like, I take the cavalry over the gold. By the way, the Caleb is hella dead. So. Maybe. He's definitely dead. <laughs> and then Hulegu goes on campaigning. And he's campaigning for, like, the next couple of years. 
all the way up until about 12.56, but that's for later. And he, and he sacks Aleppo, he sacks Damascus, he actually sacks a whole bunch of cities, all because they didn't pay tribute. Of course, he spares the artisans and bureaucrats, as usual, to make the Mongol Empire a better place. And, but there's another problem. As uh, Hulegu starts getting down to, like, the literal gates of Egypt, he kind of runs into another problem. Was it Egyptians? Nope. Oh. Monka kind of died. Oh, Came down with a small case of the dance. <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't worry, it's not alcoholism. Don't worry, it's not poisoning. Don't worry, it's not a stab in the bag. He just simply died of natural causes. Maybe. I'm not gonna let that go. I'm not gonna let that go. No, I, I, wow, Robin, how many tinfoil hats do you have? <laughs> a lot of them, because I'm, you know, the tinfoil hat god. Uh, uh, you may leave your um, offerings at your nearest tinfoil store. Where you buy tinfoil. <laughs> Indeed. I don't know that's tinfoil. I've been sitting in a cave. <laughs> but anyways, Monka's dead. Definitely natural causes. We actually checked this. And there's two and brothers. Body. Yeah. Or sort of, I think. <laughs> but anyways, so the story the story goes that there's only two brothers left in the capital. That's Arik Boke and Kublai. And if you're expecting them to get along, they don't. And Sorkokhtani is like, but I want you kids to manage the empire, not fight. I don't want you guys to end up like my generation, dude. You guys never had it so good. I had to work like hell. So if you're wondering, Sorkokhtani sounds like a boomer. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but anyways, but she's actually right. She's actually the voice of reason in this room, which is saying a lot. Hulegu's and Hulegu's actually heading back for the cruel time to decide who's the actual Khan. And he leaves behind a very small force under his subordinate Kipukwa, about 10,000 guys over in Egypt to hold down the fort. That's going to become very important later, by the way. And, uh, no, but anyway, so, uh, Hulegu gets back home, and he and Sorkoktani meet up, and they both come to something very wrong. Arik Boke's kind of in prison. No, he's actually just in prison. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Or is he? Um, yeah. He's in a lot. He's in prison on a lot of trumped up charges. That's mostly sleek Kublai's idea, if you're wondering. Oh, so I yeah. And Tani's hella pissed, and Kulegu's semi pissed. They're like, you can't do that. <laughs> Bad joke. But anyways, yeah, sorry, it's it's what I do. But anyway, so the story goes that that it's. That, well, Arik Boke is in prison, and that's not good for anyone, unless your name is Kublai. And Kublai finally says, I'm in charge now, I'm the Khan. You all had to say yes to me. And Sorkotani like, and, and Kulegu are like, fine. Kulegu's kind of salty that didn't get the job of Khan, but he's not all that salty. He'll get his own thing soon enough anyway. 
No, 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 no. It's actually fine. No, seriously. I actually checked this. Like, making a show about it. Indeed. But anyways, who is actually going to be perfectly fine? So, anyways, he heads back to Persia. But there's kind of a problem. You see, um... Persia is dead. No, 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 no. no. Egypt kind of fought back. So, remember those guys, um, those 10,000 guys left by Kitbukwa? that were supposed to be managing the the most the westernmost Persians of the empire while Hulegu was going to the election. So, um, they didn't exactly manage too well because the Egyptians suddenly surprised and surrounded them with like 20,000 guys at like Ein Jalut. As soon, and basically just as soon as Hulegu left. And... Kitbukwa and his men are all dead, basically. Well, except for like a couple messengers, they managed to make it back to Huleku and tell him the horrific story. And Huleku kind of shakes his head, and he's wondering, how the heck did this happen? <laughs> but anyways, so the story goes with that is basically like, Egypt's actually kind of strong, it's actually being ruled by the Mamluks, which is basically a slave sultanate. Basically, like, like in the sense of like, the the sultans are all former slaves. They they employ slaves as soldiers. It's kind of weird. Sounds like a good idea. Oh, it totally doesn't work out at all. If you're wondering, just basically, any casual viewer, John Green knows that this is true. That slave soldiers do not work at all. They usually betray you sooner or later. Oh, no. Because. Congratulations, you gave them the ability to kill you, and you asked them not to. And they're still slaves, if you're wondering. Oh! Uh, oh my gosh. Ah. That's a large bug. <gasps> okay, except for it's kind of cute. Sorry, there's a there's a, a bug, and it's large, but it's cute. What is it? It's got wings? How did that get in? I don't know, but I want one. But anyways, so the story goes... So the story goes that, um, so Hulegu decides, I'm not going to invade Egypt, because clearly Egypt has something very special, besides also Egypt did lay a bit of tribute payment, so, which is kind of compensation for the death of Kipuqua and his men, and also for the fact that the Egyptians sort of took Damascus and Aleppo back. So, good stuff. Yeah. So, 10 out of heckin' 10. So, Hulegu actually gets to be Khan, and this is known as the Ilkhanate. And that's going to be sort of important for, like, next podcast. Like, which is basically, I'll explain it when we get to the end, because we're not finished yet. Oh, no. Because, um, so, remember Arik Bokeh? He didn't get out of prison, if you're wondering. He does under very mysterious circumstances, so go ahead, fix your tinfoil hats. He's dead. It's probably Kublai, and it's under very mysterious circumstances. Or is it? No, it's totally under mysterious circumstances. It's really bad. And Kublai, of course, denies everything. I can't doubt that he's dead at all. 
yeah, that's why, like, 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 he's not dead. They're just all vampires. Everyone is a vampire. Okay, that's a weird conspiracy theory that I'm not going to get into. <laughs> it's my conspiracy theory, and you know what? I think it could be right. What do you think, Jaybird? <laughs> There's no evidence, though. This is worse than ancient aliens. <laughs> I may or may not know the answer to that question, and I'm not going to tell you. But okay. Anyways, so Arik is dead, and we totally know that Kublai is at fault. Surkatani is literally fuming. No, fuming as much as she can. She's really old. She actually dies of old age. Or does she? No, no, no. She actually dies of old age. Okay, yeah, okay. I'll give you that one. So, yeah, nothing has, so everything is sort of fine in the sense of, like, everybody's dead but Hulegu, uh, Hulegu, Batu, and, uh, Hulegu, Batu, Chagatai's line, and uh, Kublai, who, of course, is benefiting off of the fact that almost everybody's dead. You know what? That's a big move. <laughs> Indeed. So, he takes over. The, so he takes over over in China, and he actually does a really good job. He's super law-abiding, and he actually finishes off the Song Chinese in about uh, twelve in about like twelve seventy-nine-ish or something like that. The, he actually gets the last emperor drowned in a last Song emperor drowned in a naval battle. So basically, everything's all done there. So that's sort of good. We have China all together, and uh, Kublai is actually fine. He's going to rule for, like, basically the next 20 years, trying to get all the Mongols to say yes to him. Cue the Mongols not saying yes, yes to him. So, so if you're wondering why they're not saying yes to him, even harder than when they said no, no to Monka, well, it's kind of because, well, Kublai, um studied a little bit too much Chinese and started looking way too Chinese. In fact, he found his own Chinese dynasty known as the Yuan Dynasty. This is the dynasty, of course, that gets visited by our buddy Marco Polo that we discussed in last podcast. Yeah, cool. So, the Yuan Dynasty is there. It's also going to be hell unstable, but that's a later podcast. And the sort... And with that completely in hand... Uh, Kublai decides to focus on some future conquests, specifically Vietnam, Indonesia, and Japan. P.S. If you're wondering, none of these work! Oof. Like, seriously, Vietnam gets invaded by the Mongols like three bloody times, and all the invasions epically fail in the face of tropical diseases and Ooh, the yeah. Vietnamese being masters of guerrilla tactics. Yeah, basically it's the Vietnam War all over again. Just, what, earlier? I mean, yeah, earlier, like, like, way like, earlier. Much earlier. I don't know. I don't know why I asked that. That was a stupid question. And the, and the Japanese invasions also don't go well at all. Basically, it's like, Japan did not pay tribute, so naturally Kublai invaded. Or tried to invade is the keyword. And, um, so he sent the first invasion fleet... Out of season time, and this and this had an okay, okay splash. It kind of surprised the Japanese samurai a bit, and then it got wrecked by a typhoon. No, seriously, it got wrecked. That's Bill Worth says it, and then they all died in tornado. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, so they 
So they all got wrecked by a typhoon, and whoever was left went home. And Kublai is frustrated, and Japan's still not paying tribute, so naturally, you have to invade again. This time, he gets an even bigger fleet with even more people, with, with, with even more Mongols and Koreans and everything. And they actually have a decent time fighting the samurai again. But then they all died all in a tornado. Died. Yes, all died die. in a tornado oh. or a typhoon. Very out of season, by the way. Don't ask how that works. See, nature was all like, maybe no. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, Kublai is like, well, that just stinks. I still need something to conquer. Oh, I know what I'll do. Um, Chakotai is totally dead. You know what? Mind if I just take over his conate? And everybody's like, no, what is wrong with you, Kublai? A lot. To be fair, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so Kublai actually tries to conquer Chagatai, the Chagatai Khanate. It does not go well at all. Be mainly because, so like, the thing is like, the Mongol Empire, the Mongol army in China, the Mongol army in China kind of changed a couple things. Mostly they adopted a lot of gunpowder and infantry. So the gunpowder is actually pretty cool, but it's also very slow. But the infantry, and the infantry is also very slow, and the cavalry semi has to keep pace with them. And so and they were trying to evade the Chagatai Khanate, which is basically full of mounted archers 24-7, because you know the Mongols. We do know the Mongols. They basically, they, it's basically no contest. There's nothing, uh, there, uh, the Chagatai Khan, the Chagatai Khan, uh, uh, which is at this point ruled by, I think, Batu's kid, Kaidu. Yeah, Kaidu. And, uh, um, no, no, uh, uh, kid, Kaidu, so, everything is, uh, and the Chagatai Khan is not conquered, and also, Kaidu has a very badass daughter. It's just kind of, she's kind of his pride and joy. Kutlun, the undefeated Mongolian wrestler, seriously the greatest wrestler in Mongolian history. If you're wondering, the Mongols kind of have a wrestling fetish. <laughs> it's it's something they're really good at. See, I would I would. And Kutlun especially is really good at it. Like she never lost a match in her life. Kind of good. I would I would lose to her gladly. Yeah, she. She even wrestled down her. She even. She even. She even wrestled down like all the suitors that came after her because, as effective a woman, she's supposed to get married. But Kaido's like, hey, if you don't want to get married, that's actually kind of cool. Actually, um, I do kind of want to get married, but I want my husband to be worthy of me. Says Kutun. How so? So I'm going to ask my husband to wrestle against me, and if he wins, he marries me. And if he doesn't win, he has to live in shame and give me all his horses. Wait, what? Okay, that's kind of weird, but you're my daughter. I'm cool with that, says Kaidu. And Kublai is like, you should still get married, Kutlun. I've got a special place in my harem. Oh, ew, Uncle, that's weird. Ew. But anyway, so the story goes, um, Kutlun beats all of her suitors. And they give her a lot of horses, like a whole lot, like at this point, like in the hundreds or thousands. That's a lot of horses. 
and eventually she meets up with her husband. She doesn't actually wrestle him down. She actually captures him in battle, and it's sort of a top Stockholm Syndrome romance. Not exactly. But anyways, so they fall in love. They get married. They live happily ever after. And actually, the Chakadai Kane is still fine. It's going to continue to be fine. Don't worry, the bubonic plague is going to wreck up everything as usual. Oh my gosh, the plague. Yeah, I wonder how that didn't show up yet. Like, seriously, we've been referencing the entire last podcast this entire time. And I was wondering when we were going to get to the Black Death. And, well, now here it is. So, anyway, so... So Kublai continues ruling China, and he's actually doing a pretty good job at it. Now, and the other important things is that the Mongols actually took out the Imperial Civil Service Examinations which is basically the standardized test for how China makes its bureaucracy. The Which, fitness grand pacer tests. Oh, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, and he, and basically, uh, Kublai goes job hunting to basically get all of the ministers, and he gets some really good ones, and they run the empire for, like, the next 20 years. One of those also happens to be Marco Polo and his, and his party, so that's kind of good. But if you're wondering, this isn't exactly built to last, because um, <laughs> this isn't exactly built to last. So anyways, Marco Polo eventually goes back on the wedding trip to <laughs> to Italy, and he, <laughs> with his father and uncle, and they stay there, they never come back, sadly. Kublai's a little sad, and, well... Finally, it's like 1298, and Kublai actually dies. But it's not all bad. He left his kids to manage the empire. But it's also that he left his kids to manage the empire. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> and here we've come full circle, and the cycle starts all over again. Indeed. So the Yuan Dynasty gets hella messed up by basically a bunch of civil war. And so the and basically it and basically it's like one Khan goes on for like maybe a couple years, he gets thrown out, maybe killed, maybe comes back. It's basically one giant mess. And basically like everybody's watching the fireworks and it's like we're not going into that mess, like, ever. The Yuan Dynasty is just a mess. We're going to kind of leave it as is. We're just going to manage ourselves. And, but one of the other things is that I think, oh yeah, I forgot another thing. So Kublai also got visited by a Franciscan fi a friar called William of Rubruck around, like, 1280 or something. And William of Rubruck is actually really important because, like Marco Polo, he left behind a book that talked about the Mongol Empire. Which is considered just about as accurate as Marco Polo's book. Which is not saying much, obviously. But it's... Uh, and why is William of Rubruck there? He is actually sent by the Pope. And the big idea there is that the Pope wanted to discuss with the Mongols the option of making another crusade. Don't know why, because at this point, you're wondering why are people trying crusades anymore? They're not working! Oh, gosh. <laughs> people. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, but anyway, so that attempt at getting a crusade kind of fails, but hey, at least we got a nice book out of it. 
also one of the other things is I and and while the Yuan Dynasty is going to hell in a handbasket, uh, another guy is actually basically traveling around the world and gets to visit some parts of the Mongol Empire, at least behind his own book. That's Ibn Battuta, who basically vacationed and, and vacationed his entire life and basically had the best life ever. Seriously, look him up. He's awesome. God, I wish that were me. So, um, like... Well, he's also kind of the worst sort of tourist because he's really insensitive and doesn't understand cultural customs if they don't uh, if they don't react according to Islamic law. Oh, yeah, oh, he's, yeah this guy. Uh, yeah. Also, on a bunch of stuff in Bali too. Yeah, it wasn't great. Oh, right. Of course, you watch the extra history series. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's a great series. They also have a series on the life of Genghis Khan. I've seen it. It's awesome. I've seen literally all of them. <laughs> Just yes. like me. Yeah, you you were you were there, Jaybird. Yeah, yeah, that's how I know it's all accurate. Okay, so anyways. <laughs> so about Kublai's attempt at Congress Indonesia, that also didn't go well. So Indonesia, so Indonesia up until the Mongols showed up was ruled by the kingdom of Srivijaya, and and Srivijaya kind of ran into a succession problem in the sense of like a general killed the king and took over and started purging whoever didn't like him. And one of the lucky generals that didn't get purged was like, "Hey, can I have some friends? Mongols, will you be my friends?" And um. I'll pay tributes, and I'll and I'll totally help you take over Indonesia. That sounds like a good deal," said said Kublai. "I'm in. I'm sending over a fleet right now. They should you should be seeing them very soon. Awesome, because I'm totally going to need their help in kicking out this total piece of crap. Not as <laughs> this total piece of crap who took over the empire. Awesome. So." They, so the Mongols bash the uh, the evil general to a bloody pulp, and the uh, and the new general takes over. And well, he's not actually all that trustworthy. He actually got all the Mongol army hella drunk and kind of killed them in their sleep. That's a kill person. Mm-hmm. But Kublai doesn't actually care anymore. He's just kind of apathetic through the whole campaign because, well really been worth his while. He wasn't even there anyway. And and this general actually goes on to found and this general basically declares the Empire Majahabit. And what the what the what? Don't Maja ask. Hobbit. Ma Majahabit. <laughs> Majahabit. Ma Majong. Well, either way, the Majahabit to get home sometimes. Okay, so this is part two of the Mongols podcast, episode three. Honey, I left the Empire to your kids and they kind of ruined everything. Because the, the thing cut off, because I guess you can only record for like an hour or whatever, which is sucky and stupid, but you know, whatever. So here's part two of the three things that exist in the place. So anyway, so obviously here's Robin, Bizjubi, and hey, here's Jay Burke. I still don't exist. <laughs> nope, Indeed. Nope. So, anyways, don't, so don't look for me. No existence here. So, so as we were leaving off, the uh, Kublai's attempt at conquering Indonesia hella failed, 
Indonesia is totally not paying tribute, and it's now called the Majapahit Empire, which is. <laughs> You're sounding worse than Bill Words. <laughs> anyways, so, anyways, that's really nice, and Kublai finally dies, and well, oh, actually, he's been dead, and anyways, so the. So the kids are kind of ruining everything in the Yuan Dynasty, and it's all hell there. And well, the and the and then suddenly, uh, somebody's rummaging through their trading ships about thirteen forty eight ish, and they discover a pack of black rats with fleas on them. Ah. Cue the bubonic plague, because <laughs> it wrecks everything. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. Yeah, if you're wondering about uh, Chaga, the Chagatai Khanate and the Okanate, they totally do not survive this. Everybody dies. Yeah, basically it's in a totally defunct state, and that's actually going to be important for our next podcast. I'll explain a little later. But anyways, a bunch of people are dying from the plague. Everyone's dead. Yep, and so that means that basically, um, the gold, the kind of the, gold, uh, the golden horde is actually totally fine. And the, it will be for another couple centuries. Yeah, actually, this is true. And the Yuan Dynasty is hella messed up, but it was already that badly messed up anyway. And but the Chagatai Khanate and the Il Khanate are kind of really in a state of chaos because. The plague kind of got to the cons. Oh. And killed them. Oh my gosh. So. They can't function. <laughs> yeah. Vessel can't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, with that in mind, uh, and this is going to be kind of the topic for our next podcast. Uh, because, like, those the Chagatai and the Ilkhanate and the Ilkhanate are actually going to be taken over by a different guy, Timur Lang or Tamar Lang. Jay Burke might have heard of him. Yes. Kind of, maybe. Yeah. So, that's going to be our next podcast topic. But anyways, the Yuan Dynasty does not go well at all. In fact, um, there's a giant revolt known as the Red Turban Rebellion. And it's basically the native Chinese have all completely risen up and... By 1368, they actually throw out the Yuan Dynasty, and they install the Ming Dynasty, which is pretty sick, and it's going to be pretty sick for the next couple of hundred years. And actually, this got started by a kid that they kidnapped out of a Buddhist monastery, so props for originality, China, <laughs> and for starting from the very bottom of the social class, because you could literally kidnap a peasant kid Oof. from a monastery. Oof. And got him to start an empire. Oof. Awesomeness. So the Yuan Dynasty uh, leaves and goes back to Mongolia, and we're going to kind of leave them there for a future podcast. But anyways, so, anyways, this has been the Mongols podcast. Uh, with do, 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 the Mongols. And I need to take Robin home. Not actually being a part of them. Do, 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 do. The plague kills everyone in episode four. And. Well, it's episode three, but whatever. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Is it? Yeah, it is. It's episode four. Is episode it? three. No, it's episode We're three, out. part two. Wait, wait, wait. How many? <laughs
don't worry, there's only two parts to this. So this is part two of part one. And what the... Uh, my brain is broken. Like the Mongolian Empire. <laughs> oh, don't worry. It's only going to get worse from here. No. And our next podcast is going to be... Towers upon towers of skulls. Welcome to Timor Lang, who apparently like taking arrows to the knee. I'll explain that next podcast. Love you all. Bye. Have a wonderful night. Do 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 do. <laughs>